Hi there, and welcome to episode five of season two of O-Town Boys. Um, oh, man. boy. So. <laughs> it's weird. Boy, oh. uh, weird time to be talking about what's happened between the last two podcasts. It's currently, like, in the moment, not in a bad mood. We sort of took a small mental health podcasting break due to the fact that the A's lost nine games in a row since the last time we podcasted. Um... Since then, the A's have now won not once, but twice. We just watched the doubleheader versus the te- uh, Detroit Tigers. The first game wasn't great, but the second game, they won again. They've won two days in a row. I call that a winning streak. They've won, that two, they've won two days in a row, and they've won two out of three. And you know what they say, two out of three ain't bad. Um, but two out of three ain't bad, but a lot of other stuff's bad. It was, I mean, it's tough because... They, I mean, even today, they looked terrible in the first game. And then they came out and won the second game, even though Lou Trevino did his best to blow it. But, um, yeah, I don't, it's still, still early enough, I think, where I'm not, I don't know, I mean, the sky's not falling. Totally, for the whole year. The sky's not falling because it's but, early May, and, you know, like, the Phillies practically have the same record as us. But, yeah, last time Things we like talked, that. we were 10 and 9, and right now we're, what, 12 and 18? 13 and 18? 12 and 19. I think maybe 12 and 19. Pulling it up. We are 12 and 19. Hey, so, see, look at the, the Tigers are 9 and 21. And look how bad they I stink. Mean, they were talking about, I was listening to, I think it was, it was uh, the early part of the um, second game of the doubleheader today, and they were talking about how they had spent some money in the offseason and that, you know, guys just needed to kind of come in and support it, and then optimistically things were going to go well. But, I mean, the guys they brought in, you know, I mean, you paid Ed, Eduardo Rodriguez over $100 million dollars. You know, I mean, Tucker Javi, Barnhart. Javi Baez has a ton of money to Javi strike Baez. out a lot. So, I mean, I, uh, we could be in the Tigers position where we spent a lot of money and we're also not performing very well. So, at least we're not doing that. That's good news. Um, but let's get into it. Speaking of good news, what are you, what are we, what are we liking so far? What's our, what's your moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week was the A's won a game. Yeah. And I was sick. Uh... Took the struggling Detroit Tigers to do it, but so be it. Well, and also we're somebody. So maybe take someone struggling. You know, that's not the it's not the most unreasonable thing ever. Yeah. Um, but it did feel nice. It was the, crazy that we lost so much. I, we didn't. I'm not sure if we mentioned this, but as part of that cold streak, just like the defense was so bad and the pitching was pretty man, the offense was stone cold. I think before today they'd scored like six runs in six games and been shut out three times yeah i think including game one right so yeah just winning a game was real nice yeah nice and, change of pace and scoring you know some hits with runners in scoring position um still homers we are not the power is gone you know i mean people are just it feels like the last home was the last home run we hit the kevin smith grand slam or no tony camp i guess tony camp homered tony camp homered in game one but uh it is not a very powerful group. It's not a very powerful group of hitters. Um, so, no. I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to have to... 
I mean, to call back to something that I was talking about earlier, I mean, I think we... You don't want to have a team where a bunch of guys have to way overperform their projections for the team to be good. And that is feeling like what we have to do right now. Like, some guys are going to have to really, especially on offense, are going to have to hit a way they haven't hit ever in their career. They're going to have to discover some prospect, you know, uh, they're going to have to discover some skill that was scouted when they were a prospect that they haven't fully developed yet. And they're going to have to do it right now. That's been one of my bigger pet peeves is everyone just refuses to change their approach, it seems like, except for Sheldon Noisy. I did see Sean Murphy go down and get a change-up instead of uh, not striking out, trying to pull it into the moon. So that was a good good thing to see, but the rest of the team needs to start hitting through the gaps and using the whole field because I guess with this dead ball, why are you trying to hit a home run? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not even necessarily that they – I think people have made good contact, but the ball just isn't flying. You know, so like you and I mean, as we talked about this, I think a couple of it was either the last episode or the episode before that, where you talked about how you saw that video of Adam Duvall absolutely smoking a ball and it barely getting out. And I mean, Adam Duvall isn't, you know, Barry Bonds, but Adam Duvall has a legitimate amount of power. Adam Duvall has, I think, more power than anyone on our team has. And if Adam Duvall is having a hard time getting balls out, then we're we're hopeless <laughs> comparatively. So I, but I don't think they're bad hitters. So I think, yeah, a change in approach. And it seemed like early, we were, we were talking up and down about how much fun it was to watch him hit early on. And they seemed to have, once they started losing, they seemed to have decided that the home run was the only way that was going to get them out of the, the funk. And it didn't work at no. all. It didn't work at all. Lots of very low batting averages on this team and no, yeah, no power really to, to make up for it. Um, my, my moment of the week was that they finally made a move. They finally did something. You know, they I mean, did. it's, uh, I was getting a little, that in and of it, the, the complacency, not maybe not complacency, but the lack of adjustment on the roster was starting to get me a little bit angry. You know, by the time, by the time they lost like six games, seven games in a row, it was like, okay, well we have, we have just a collection of guys hitting like 170, like we got to shuffle something, you know, we got to like, they're, even if the guys at AAA aren't hitting 400, we got to get some of those. And they finally did. They sent Billy McKinney, they DFA'd Billy McKinney. And I feel like we have a lot of, we've had a lot of love historically for Billy McKinney on this, on this show. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but he got a chance. <laughs> he did. He, he got a chance and he, he didn't, didn't hit do much well. with it at all. Uh, the A's also released Eric Thames today. They're and they, uh, they, so on um, the corresponding move, they called up Luis Barrera. And Luis Barrera got, uh, got a hit. Immediately got a, a few walks. walks. Yeah. yeah, I love to see the walks. So if, no if one's Luis walking. Luis Barrera is going to get a hit every other game and walk some, that's much more than Billy McKinney was doing. So, um, you know, bit by bit, like baby steps. And I think that's a baby step. I remember Billy McKinney for hitting that home run was the opening day mm-hmm. or the day after. And yeah. he also got absolutely hosed at home maybe like a few times yes so that's what i remember him for yeah i mean he it wasn't perfect it wasn't a perfect stint but it's over now and i i think i don't know if i don't know i mean i i, don't, I really don't have a very strong feeling one way or the other about luis Pereira. he's a tall skinny guy you know i mean so it kind of makes you think that maybe he doesn't have that much power but maybe he does i don't know he seems fast and he plays good off he plays good outfield defense i think he's fast doesn't have much power but if he can just get on base, I'll take it. Yes. Um, speaking of those, speaking of those two, I guess Billy McKinney kind of in a roundabout way, and Luis Pereira. 
Um, one of the good things, one of the undeniably good things about this team right now is our upfield defense. Yeah, Ramon has returned. And it got two hits in the second game of the doubleheader today. Got so it. he had been scuffling a little bit. He got out of the O for bucket. Um, and looked good. Looks good. I mean, the, the second hit, I didn't see the first hit. I had physical therapy today. But the second hit, a little bit in on the hands, fought it off, and uh, poked it over the second baseman's head out into the outfield. The, Love to see it. The first one was high and in, and he pulled it over the shortstop's head. Or maybe over the third baseman's head. It was a nice single. Um... He almost gunned a guy out at first. He caught a ball. There's a dude on first, and he was a little far off the bag. Ramon almost got him on the back pick. They, I mean, I uh, I know this is going to be surprising to a lot of people, but Ramon Laureano still has an absolute cannon. Yeah. <laughs> That's, he's still... Uh, and he looks good. It's so good to see him back. You know, that, that is... It was... It's a it's a shot in the arm. We have... For sure. We now have... Between Pache, if Pache stays up... And Ramon, uh, that's two electric outfielders. Now, mind you, the bats may, may not be hot right now, but the defense is undeniable. And Barrera, I think, is you know somewhat of that mold. So mm-hmm. maybe he can be that third outfielder. And b- b- between them, possibly no balls will drop anymore. Um, he really looks good. That Barrera, right away on um, defense, looked apart. I mean, he, he looks very smooth he in the outfield. He's, he seems like he's got a... Good reads balls well has a good arm, so um, you know if he's not have, if he's not uh, excelling offensively, get in line, man. You're you know you're that's that's not a requirement for the big league team apparently. It does so. seem like the team really prefers Pinder in the outfield for yeah. whatever reason. We do have a lot of infield defenders. I think it's just where he fits right now. Um, but my uh, the change I kind of would like to see in the outfield maybe would be the addition of Shay Langliers. Uh, apparently he's super fast and has played like I'd have to look harder at this but I think he has played in the outfield at some point somewhere in his career maybe college yes he played some outfield in college there we go he can do it let's put him out there he's mashing he's got a 1094 OPS he's got a 317 batting average 410 on base and he has 11 home runs in 27 games so and he's got 15 walks and 22 strikeouts. He's seen the ball super and it, well. It's not like he hasn't spent time in AAA before. Uh, not a lot, but uh, I guess he's probably going to be down there longer than we want. I don't know. I mean, he got drafted at 21, so he's he hasn't been in the minors for a real it long sure time. Sure looks like he's more ready than anybody else. He got drafted at 21, and it seems like I don't think he played in 2020. So he's 24, but, you know, I mean, he's a little bit younger than that in terms of, like, baseball years. True. Um, and, man, he looks good. Whenever he, I will be excited to see him whenever he gets up because he looks, he looks excellent. Um, but I mean, it, and it's interesting because yeah, Pat, Pache, Pache does not look very advanced offensively. You know, it's tough. It's tough to watch him take out bats sometimes because you go up there and you know by the first pitch, it's like oh he's striking out on three pitches. Yeah, you they're know? just gonna keep throwing that slider. Yeah. Um, speaking of people who looked good though, oh to Shea Langliers, uh, Paulie B. Paul Blackburn, our new ace. Um, is he better than Frankie Montas? I don't know, but right now he is. He's 4-0. He's got a 1.74 ERA. Second in team on innings pitched, now behind Frankie. His ERA plus is 196. He looks excellent. His whip is .871. Frankie's doing great too, mind you, but he's given up the earned runs, and Paul Blackburn is not. No, and it almost seems... Like, I don't know if Paul Blackburn is, like, this good, 
But, I mean, he's electric right He's now. 26 to walks. I'm sorry, 26 strikeouts to three walks good right now. That's yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I mean, his whip is below. His whip is point eight. His whip is point eight seven. Um, and, you know, his ERA is 174. His FIP is 211. So it's pretty... Nothing is like a huge outlier, at least from what we've seen right now. Um, and I... He's just kind of one of those crafty guys. Like, he doesn't seem like he has over... He, def, he doesn't have overpowering stuff, for sure. But, you know, he throws 93, 94, and he hits the spots. And he's, you know... That is more than I can say for... <laughs> Dalton Jeffries or Adam Aller, right? Really, or right? Kirby Sneed. You know, I mean, um, Kirby Sneed can't get anyone out right now. But is the, is the rotation coming into shape here? Because guess what happened today, everybody? Uh, a guy named Adrian Martinez made his debut... And he dealt. He looked electric. Five and a third, three strikeouts, no walks. Well, and I mean, continuing the kind of theme that we've maybe talked about a couple times, minor league, the only numbers that matter in the minor leagues seemingly are strikeout numbers. If you're striking out more than a guy in inning, doesn't seem to matter really what else is going on. Because, you know, I mean, there, there are a number of instances this year where people have been getting absolutely shelled in AAA and then they come up and... Their, Everything's their fine. nails. Um, James Cap. James Cap was looking great in his last outing. James Cap, and I mean, I we keep talking about Jake Junis. Jake Junis, I think maybe has yet to give up a run, and his ERA was over like nine at AAA. I keep checking in on him to see when he's actually going to give up a run because I think that's so funny that he was so bad in AAA and is absolutely unhittable <laughs> in the majors. And it's it's the same. I mean, Adrian Martinez's ERA in like twenty innings. I mean, it wasn't like an insignificant sample. His ERA was like seven and a half. Yeah. Um, and the only good sign was that his he struck. I mean, he struck out like 26, 27 people in like nineteen innings. So the only thing we were holding on to was that the strikeout numbers were there, so the stuff must be good. And hopefully he can throw strikes. And he went out there today, and that's exactly what he did. He was his sinker seems aggressive. You know, it was like ninety. I think maybe topped out at ninety six. Definitely ninety four, ninety five. It was aggressive, and it was flying across. Dudes the zone. were swinging at pitches that were like a foot out of the zone at times. And I mean, he's gonna break some bats. I can say one thing about Adrian. Adrian Martinez, he's going to break some bats in an Oakland uniform. And that's making the Manaya deal look pretty good. I mean, if, if this is his stuff, if this is how good he looks, then I do miss Sean Manaya. But, like, that's, you know, the rotation is, there's, like, on our list of problems, I don't even know if the rotation should be listed. Like, you know, we have so many other things that are holding it. Like, with a decent other, with a decent team outside of the pitching staff, we might be above 500 right now. You know, I mean, it's the offense has absolutely let the pitching staff down a handful of times already this year just by not getting up off the mat. You know, I mean, I'm shocked we haven't gotten no hit this year because there have been listless games, absolutely listless games. So, totally. The, but, the offense and the defense are by far more of an issue. And honestly, I don't know if I'm just numb from losing 9 of 12 games or whatever, but uh, Frankie Montas, Paul Blackburn... <laughs> Cole Irvin, he's injured right now, so let's replace him with Adrian Martinez. James Cap, Dalton Jeffries, I don't hate that. We've, no. we've had worse rotations than that over the years. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it's not, we aren't 12 and 9, we aren't 7 games under right now because of our pitching staff. You know, during that 9-game losing streak, we did not get shelled a lot of times. You know, I mean, there were a number of really good starts, or at least good enough starts, that got wasted. Just because, I mean, I distinctly remember Frankie went, I don't remember what game it was, but Frankie went seven shutout innings. And the entire time you knew that there's no way he was going to get a win because we weren't going to score a run. Nope. 
you know, and we didn't. We got shut out. So it's uh, the offense that I am very, very – it's weird because I'm very, very happy about the pitching, honestly, especially it being such an uncertainty after the Bassett and Manaya deals. It has been wonderful. It's been wonderful to watch these guys pitch, especially Blackburn. I mean, I I knew we were going to keep him in the organization, but I didn't know if Paul Blackburn had a future in the majors. Like I, you know, I didn't know if he was going to really stick. I think I thought Paul Blackburn may bounce around a little bit. You know, who knows? But I didn't expect this at all. No, it's been shocking. And you know who else didn't look bad was Zach Loeb. He made his uh, first start as a big leaguer recently. Yes, he did. Not bad, and A.J. Puck is out there doing his thing. He's arguably our best pitcher this year so far. Yeah, what, the, what were they? They were, we, you sent me that article about him. He, just, he like, fixed his arm slot or, I mean, like, simplified remember. his delivery or something, and all of a sudden they were just like, oh, yeah, he's throwing strikes. Oh, no, he, like, ate a bunch of food or something. <laughs> he was, like, eating an inhuman amount of food all offseason to gain weight. Um, I, just, I don't know where I, I saw mean, that. Regardless, but it's the it's never been an issue of velocity. It's never been an issue of like pitch movement. He just hasn't thrown strikes. Yeah. And now he's throwing strikes, and he's unhittable. You know, I mean, he our bullpen from the left side, I'll take against anyone in the league. Sam Mull and AJ Puck against your guys all day. Yeah, no problem. And I mean, Cole Irvin, Cole Irvin's only going to be out 15 days. So once we get Cole Irvin back... The rotation looks nice, yeah. especially especially if Adrian Martinez and Dalton Jeffries want to be great, you know. Yeah. And I mean, there is just a little bit of. I think it started with Billy McKinney, um, the, ch- the and shift, it, and it may continue with a couple of these guys. A couple of these guys, you gotta you gotta consider addition by subtraction at a certain point, you know. Like you, even in the even in the even in a scenario where an organization isn't trying to win. You can't keep throwing. I mean, you know, like, Luchavino's ERA is like 11 right now. And he walked in around. He looked bad today. He, he he wriggled through it. But I don't, you just can't keep throwing Luchavino out there. Because, you know, I mean, you, it's it's a bad look. Because he can't get anyone out. You know, I mean, he, he figured it out today, but he's ugly. Luchavino yes. is a disaster right now. And there's a couple guys. Kirby Sneed, you know, I don't, I don't really need to see any more Kirby Sneed. And I don't need to see any more Justin Grimm. Azevedo got saved by an incredible play by Tony Kemp today. Oh my gosh, I forgot about now, that. One. Tony Kemp is oh. probably, I mean, you're going to be hearing this after it's already been all over Sports Center or whatever, but I mean, you there's probably a near the top of the Bleacher Report app right now is, is a play that Tony Kemp made like 45 minutes he ago. He flew. He freaking flew. And he's done it before, but he, this one might have been cooler. He hung it. I don't know, he flew. He was and it was also it was a great it was a great moment because he was shocked by he was like surprised at himself that he had yeah. made that play. Tony Kemp is legit. And Tony Kemp is a Tony Kemp is a major leaguer. You can stay on my team any day. Yes. So our last segment here was titled Doom and Gloom. And it feels like a little bit much now that the A's have won twice in two days, but you know, we should still address it. Yeah. Are we crazy to to have any playoff hopes at all? I don't know about crazy, but you sh- I don't think we should be expecting it. No, I, mean, I think I don't we think shouldn't be sad if they don't make the playoffs. We're, I mean, I think, I mean, I, as we talked about a little bit, it's, you got to start looking for silver linings a little bit, you know? I mean, you, it is a retool or rebuild, however you want to call it. So a step back, I guess, wouldn't be the most surprising thing ever. Um, we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, they need to, and I mean, Maybe, as I said, maybe Billy McKinney is like the first domino to fall. But it does. They're going to need to go on a run to get out of the hole that they've dug themselves in, with by losing nine in a row. 
And I don't know if this group of guys has a run like that in them, like this specific group of guys. I don't want, I'm not saying that this team doesn't have one in them, but they're going to need to tweak the roster now if they're, they're going to need, or soon they're going to need to get some of these guys off the roster and get some new faces on the roster. Cause I don't think this group of guys has a, they're going to have to play what? Probably 17 games above 500 the rest of the year. If they're going to have any sort of chance at the playoffs. And I yeah. don't, I don't, this is not a, they're going to have to get on a tear. This is not a, this is, this does not strike me as a group. I mean, I, I think there are pieces here, but I think they're also, I mean, as I've said, you know, you got Kirby Sneed coming out occasionally. You got Justin Grimm coming out occasionally. You got Lou Trevino and these guys will torpedo momentum. They will, you know, I mean, it, it Kirby Sneed cannot get anyone out. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, he came in and walked two people and got pulled today. And I, that's not the first time he's done that. And if he's been in, if he's, you know, there may have been times where he's coming in and walked three people and then gotten pulled. I mean, Kirby Sneed looks lost. And we, I understand that you got to, it's it's still early enough in the year that you got to kind of throw these guys out there and see. But I mean, Kirby, I mean, I, we're looking at the numbers here. It's crazy to me that Kirby Snips, Kirby Sneed's whip <laughs> is under two. Because um, I, I, I would have guessed his is worse than Lutrovino's. Lutrovino's whip is 2.4, which feels accurate right now. Um, but Kirby, I mean, you cannot have guys with these, allowing these kind of on-base numbers coming out in any sort of high leverage, any sort of leverage roles at all. Not even high leverage roles. You know, I mean, if, if it's the sixth inning and we're up, you know, 7-3, I don't want to see Lutrovino or, or Kirby Sneed or Justin Grimm, because I, in my head, if you leave them, if you give them a clean inning, it might as well be a tie game. <laughs> That's what it feels like. That's what happens when you lose nine in a row. It always feels like that. Uh, I didn't quite realize Kirby Snead had been doing that bad. Yeah. I wish we'd try Sam Selman out some more. I, I mean, that I think that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, we have these guys, you know I mean? Ryan Castellani, Ryan Castellani looked okay. Yeah. You know, he came in, he got some outs. He didn't look overpowering. He's got a zero ERA. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, and, you know, Lemoyne, I'm not buying it from Lemoyne nope. either. Um, and even Azevedo, Domingo Azevedo stresses me out, but he's a he's worlds better than the other dudes that we were talking about. So all of this to say, I think there's some here, but there are just some of these guys that you've got to, they're just dead weight. You know, I mean, if you're going to try and compete you got to get rid of some of these guys that are... Or even just send them down, you know? I mean, the, the team... I think there are a lot... There's a lot of opportunity on this team for young players. And we need to start kind of looking at that a little. They need to see, you know... Well, we have these veterans that have maybe earned... Maybe, for a be, for lack of a better term, earned the spot. But that doesn't mean that you keep throwing them out there. You know what I mean? You, you have to try and win. Yep. I don't think we have a chance if we roll Elvis out there every day. We... Sh- don't call up Shea Langliers. We don't make any acquisitions at all. You know, things do have to change, as you said. But in the back of my mind, there's like this minuscule chance that there's some 2012 miracle run possible. Yeah. You but, know, yes. it's always possible. Yeah, but I mean, they need to wake up. You know, I mean, they need to. And things got We need Nick Allen up. That's the name I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, Elvis. Like, what is Elvis Andrus even bringing to the table that... The imminent doom of having to pay him 15 more million dollars next year when he hits 550 plate appearances or whatever, I think, is what he offers. Yeah. And uh, 
lately not even good defense. No, I mean it's Maybe. it's kind of I mean Elvis Andrus was a was a, was a very good player at the height of his career. It has almost entirely all fallen apart at this point. I mean he has none of the things that he had previously that even made him an above average major leaguer. You know he's not really that fast anymore. He has no power to speak of. Um, his his approach is weird. He strikes out a lot. And yeah, the defense isn't even there anymore. So I'm not sure what. I'm not sure what he's doing. I'm not sure what we're doing. But I, you know, Nick Allen seemed Nick Allen looked fine. I'm not even really sure why Nick Allen got sent back down. He looked fine. He didn't. It look- was because we haven't started his clock yet. It was COVID reasons, and that it's like a reprieve if it's for COVID reasons. They got brought up. Doesn't count. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So that's why he's back down. Anyways. Indeed. But I mean, so the pitching, I think pitching is pitching looks pretty good at this point. Offense and infield defense are a pre- pretty much a disaster. Um, so anything that we can do to improve those two things that isn't super drastic that we can do quickly, we should definitely, definitely do. So I don't know, man. It's a tough time though. It was a tough. It was a tough week. Week plus almost two weeks. And I think, you know, like we were waiting, we were kind of waiting to win a game before we did this. And then I guess we did. I guess that's technically what we did. But we didn't think it was going to be nine games. <laughs> we didn't think they were going to lose 10 of 11. So they were, it was, you know, it seemed unsustainable when they were playing really. I mean, when we took three out of four from the Rays, it was like, this seems unbelievable. And then we crashed back down to earth way too hard. But who knows? Who knows? Um, let's who knows see. Indeed. Who do we have coming up? We got two more against the Tigers. We're playing the classic five gamer against the Tigers. <laughs> Another doubleheader this weekend on Saturday against the Angels. The Angels are freaking terrifying right now. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Angels. Then the Twins are back. Which is, I mean, we got the next four series. We got Angels, Twins, Angels, Mariners. So I think we're going to find out a lot. The end That Mariners series ends on the 25th. And I think by the Mariners series, we'll probably have a pretty good handle on what direction this season is headed in. You know? Yep. Um, if we're, like, hanging around where we are, if we, like, maintain a little bit, and we're, you know five, six games under around the time that, you know, Texas comes to town. Maybe feeling okay, but if it's, if we skid, if we don't play very well in these next few series, I think we may start, you know, we may start talking about next year. Um, I mean, we may start watching a lot of minor league baseball. Yeah, and, and the minor leagues are more exciting than they've been in a very long time. Yeah, the us. teams are doing all right. The Las Vegas team's doing well, yeah. so I don't know. Sometimes I kind of wish that team would come up and play some big league games. <laughs> Um, alrighty, so the look back of the week. We're going to do the player look back of the week on a classic Oakland day. This week we're doing Terry Steinbach. That's right, Terry Lee Steinbach. All-timer. All-timer, my mom's favorite player. Yeah, my dad always had great things to say about him. I think, you know, he's just one of those clutch guys in big moments. Was with the team forever, so what's not to love? And he won a World Series. Won a World Series. Three-time All-Star all-Star and a World Series in 89, which is a good year. You know, Terry, Terry was on top of the world in 1989. Yeah, and just the numbers are not bad, especially for a catcher. 
No, it's interesting how it's a different, it's such a different era. You know, I mean, he was making an all-star teams with the OPS and the 600s, but he was also <laughs> a very good defensive catcher, you know, so, um, and they were winning games. But he, um, yeah, seemed to kind of figure out the offensive thing a little bit more as he went through his career. Um, you know, like, strangely enough, set a career high in homers with 35. Oh, man, I didn't even see in that 1996. 35. And prior to, prior to that, his career high had been 16. Wow. So, 96 is also the only, only year he got MVP votes, which makes sense. I mean, he hit 35 homers from behind the dish, caught 145 games. That's no joke. Um, but you know, for his career, little under fifteen hundred hits, above um, average hitter, one hundred and sixty-two homers, um, pretty good, pretty good. You know, the, yeah, seven seven forty-six OPS, hundred and two OPS plus. That's pretty good, you know, especially for a catcher in that era where they kind of didn't have to hit at all. Any offense you got from your catcher was purely surplus. You know, it seems like he. Yeah, carry a little bit of wood around. Oh, here's a good anecdote. His selection in 1988 was controversial because of his modest numbers in the first half of the season. However, during the game, he accounted for both AL runs with a home run and sack fly and was named the MVP. So that's why he made the All-Star. So you know, as, as soon as you doubt Terry Steinbach, that's when he comes back and smacks you right on the ass. So, that I, you know, and he... They don't win a World Series without him. That is, I, I distinctly remember my mom communicating that the A's do not win that World Series. He, Terry in 1989, he had seven RBIs and a home run in 16 at-bats. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's... Uh, and, you know, they won They won three. They went, you know, they went They went in 89... They went 88, 89, 90. It sounds right. Um, Before our days. Only won one. But... Um, and uh, he caught two no-hitters during his career. Dave Stewart and Eric Milton. Um, played for the A's for 11 years, um, and then went and played for the Twins, where he is from originally. So, had that 35 homer year for the Twins back home. He also had 25 doubles that year. Holy cow. That is a good year, man. Yep. Um, Stud. So, yeah. I mean, I anybody that's part of an A's World Series team is okay in my book. Um, and what do we got next? Oh, the fantasy thing. So All we're right. still working out. We're still working out the exactly how we're going to do it, but we're going to present you what we have currently. That's and, right. So we're basically, I think, what we're going to do is tally this up just since our last podcast each time. So mm-hmm. it's basically been since April thirtieth or April twenty ninth. Twenty We're tallying up whatever the dudes we drafted did. I drafted Ronald Acuna Jr. He got uh, 10 hits, 4 walks, 2 home runs, and 2 doubles. Pretty good start since he hadn't even played for a while. I was coming off a torn ACL. And I picked Carlos Rodon, who got 2 starts in, gave up 4 runs, 4 walks, and struck out 15 across those 2 starts. Um, yeah, Acuna came back. Acuna came back like a house on fire. Yep. Um, which isn't that surprising. Um, but it was also nice to see, you know, I mean, whenever guys get hurt, he's, you know, he's, I don't even want to say he's like homer or injury prone, but he does seem to get hurt like kind of a lot. Um, too much for 
the good of the game, that's for sure. We but need it him is around. also nice to see him come back and mash whenever he does come back. He doesn't seem to waste a lot of time. Um, <laughs> so I had Joe Ryan and um, Taylor Ward. Joe Ryan um, gave up two runs, um, walked two, and struck out 15. So not terrible. Or struck out 12. Struck out 12, sorry. Um, and um, Taylor Ward. Holy cow. Had 15 hits. <laughs> what? Um, seven walks, three homers. And three doubles. So wow, and he's—I mean—he's hurt. He's missed the last couple of games, so that wasn't even. That's insane. Um, and I mean the Angels, as you said, the Angels are scary. The Angels are terrifying right now. Um, and Taylor Ward's part of that. Taylor Ward's for sure part of that. So um, yeah. So Dan beat me six to one. <laughs> um, six categories to one. So yeah, we threw doubles in with the hitters. Because we were just going to do earned runs, walks, Ks, and then hits, walks, homers. Um, but we realized that that's six categories and lends itself to a lot of ties. So um, we threw doubles in there to make it seven to hopefully have a little bit more of a definitive that's um, right. decision. Um, so that was that week. And we're also going to keep running totals. So we're going to we're gonna have like the individual, I mean, maybe just as a tiebreaker or maybe just kind of a just like conversational to know. Maybe. Feel free to play along at home and try and beat us. Yeah, yeah. If you and the only rule, really, the only rule seems to be if you pick, if you pick someone, you can't pick them anymore, until after the All Star break. That's right. And um, we can't pick the same people on the same week. Well, I don't know. Can we? No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> if you pick someone, they're off the board, and if you pick someone, they're off the board. You can't pick them again until after the All Star break. There's only two. Got to be, got to be four individual players every week for us, and can't repeat them before the All Star break. Right. Um, so, who are you going for this next session here? Christian Yelich. Who has he's, been heating up big time. He's maybe going back to MVP Christian Yelich form. And Max Fried, who just is great. Always I love Max Fried. I love Max Fried. I mean, the Braves, the Braves are scuffling. I mean, speaking of teams that are not quite on it, the Braves are scuffling a little bit, too. Um, and... Yeah, if they're going to get back on track, he's going to need to be good. So, that's that's I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Um, and for my hitter, I'm going to go with Josh Bell. Um, he's been absolutely tearing it up. That's so cool. And I hope that he continues to tear it up because he's on my fantasy team and it's been helping my fantasy team. Um, but knowing me, because I picked him now, this will entirely fall apart. But I thought that's what was going to happen with Taylor Ward. It didn't. So we'll see. And Miles Milkless, because he is dealing. Really? He is so good. He is, he came back like. I think he maybe had co- missed the first missed the first like start or two with COVID or something like that. But I think his area is like under two in his last like four or five starts. So he's he's I think gone into the seventh or eighth a number of times. So again, probably a thing that's not going to happen. Now that I'm putting all my eggs in his basket. That's right. For this competition. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay. So, you know, weird times. Um, uh, at least the losing streak is behind us. Hopefully it's the longest one of the year. Well, and also lesson learned. Um, we will be podcasting not based on when they win, but based on weekly. Because sometimes they lose nine games in a row. And that's not conducive to doing something weekly. Yeah, so <coughs> it's not very nice of us. No, but uh, 
Weird times. But onward and upward. You know, it can't get much <laughs> worse than it did losing nine games in a row. And they won two out of three, so they seem to have shook, shaken it off a little bit. Offense needs to get better. Pitching needs to stay where it's at. Defense needs to ratchet it up. If those three things happen, maybe we'll be, you know, a little bit closer to 500 next time we talk. And I think, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing to keep track of. How close are yeah. we to 500 every time 500. we podcast? We're, we're coming for you, 500. We are seven games under right now, which doesn't feel great, but it's better than yeah, it was worse eight before. games under 500. That's right. So, you know, if you win... If you win, if you take two out of three every series, it only takes like seven series for us to get back to 500. So <laughs> It's practically not far at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> that is it for this week, and we will talk to you soon. Alrighty, everybody. Enjoy the baseball. Go A's. Go A's.